This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm your host, Chris Lim. Today, we have with us Gregory Van, CEO and founding partner of Digital Investment Advisor in Dawas. And today, we will be discussing active versus passive investing, and you know what is it, and what do you do with it. What does it mean for you? Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. What does Endowas do in a nutshell? So Endowas is the first digital investment advisor here to grow your CPF, SRS, and cash. Mm-hmm. And today's topic is active versus passive investing. What is you know active investing? What is passive investing, and why should the average investor care? That's a very very good question, and one that we often face with our clients. And it seems as though there are a lot of myths and misconceptions around. These four words: active, passive, ETF, and unit trust. So, really quickly, I want to give a very, very quick sort of history lesson on the evolution of investing, if you don't mind. Okay, go ahead, please. So, investing for the longest time was only active. People looked at stocks and they would buy when they were cheap and try and sell when they were more expensive, or buy when they were low cost. And sell when they were higher cost, and they would use all sorts of metrics to try and define what was a cheap stock, or what was an expensive stock, or what was an interesting sector, or a good geography to be in at any point in time. In the 70s, a lot of research was being done on markets, and some of that research, actually, one by Nobel laureate Eugene Fama, was on this concept of the efficient market hypothesis. So. Really quickly on the efficient market hypothesis. Every day, in, in, in a nutshell, every day, hundreds of billions of dollars is transacted in markets, and all of that money is trying to find price. So they're trying to find the price of all of the various stocks. And if everyone thought that, for say, for example, Amazon was going to go up, mm-hmm. that price would go up, but it would be very hard to actually beat that price consistently. And that has become apparent. Time and time again, as professional investors, so money managers, people who work at active fund managers, try to beat the market. The statistic is about 17% will beat the market over a 15-year period. One seven, 17 percent, mm-hmm. which means it's an extremely low conviction, low probability chance of success as an investor. As a personal investor, the average investor. Has a return of 1.9% annualized in the last 20 years, and this is a J.P. Morgan study, which is in line with inflation and lower than your CPFOA rate, for example. So basically, what happened out of this efficient market hypothesis is that if you buy the entire market, you should be able to beat the market. So that's one part of it. And then the passive element to begin with is you should be market cap weighted. So what does that mean? So market cap weighted. Let's take the S&P 500 for example. It's the 500 largest stocks in the U.S. and it will be weighted. So your ownership of those stocks will be in proportion to the size of the company. That's market cap weighted. Okay. We now live in a world where there are 70 times more indices like the S&P 500. Seven zero, 70 times more indices than there are listed stocks. And what these indices do is they cut stocks up based on various metrics. So the S&P 500 is the 500 largest companies in the U.S. 
but there are 2.9 million other indices that track a myriad of other things. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these indices or fund managers would turn these indices into either unit trusts or ETFs. All an ETF is, is a listed mutual fund, a listed unit trust. So they're essentially the same vehicle. One is listed, which means that you can trade it throughout the day. And one is not listed, which means that it only trades once a day at a specific price. Mm-hmm. When okay. you as an investor hit, there are now about 5,000 ETFs in the world. So when you pick from this list of 5,000 ETFs, which are based on these indices of which there are about 3 million, and you try and construct a portfolio, and then you try and trade those ETFs based on what market indicators or economic indicators are telling you, you are very, very, very far away from a passive investment strategy. Okay. So, so far we've been talking about active investment. Try and time the market, watch the market, and then try and act based on what you see in the market, that's active investing. But even when when you are dealing with ETFs and you actively manage assortment of ETFs, that's also active investing. That's right, yes. Okay. We've, uh, so if you like Money Hacks so far, please subscribe to Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. And now back to our conversation with Gregory Van, CEO and founding partner of Digital Investment Advisor in Dallas. So before the break, we were talking about active investing. Greg gave us a bit of a history lesson as well as to tell us what active investing is, which is pretty much acting nonstop on the market of what you see and trying to beat the market. But what is passive investing then, Greg? So if you're a passive investor, you do not try and time the market. You do not try and change your allocation based on views that are long-term or short-term. You basically try and capture the long-term returns that markets provide. Right. So you wouldn't be staring at your phone all day and then getting jitters and then in the middle of the day deciding to do something. That's right. So it all goes back to some very fundamental rules in capital markets. Mm. So if you hold cash, there will be very little volatility of that cash, but that cash is not going to grow. If you hold high-quality government debt, so like the Singapore Savings Bond or U.S. Treasuries, for example, you will get a little bit of yield out of it, but it's considered to be very safe. So Mm -hmm. you'll get what they call a little bit of a risk premium for taking Mm -hmm. that risk. You'll get a bit of a return, extra return. Then you move on to corporate bonds. There's something called a credit risk premium. So you will Mm -hmm. capture higher returns, but with more volatility. Then get to maybe high yield bonds. Again, you will have a slight risk premium over that. And then you get to equities. Within equities, let's say emerging market will have a higher premium than developed markets. Smaller companies will have a higher premium over larger companies. So when you're taking more inherent risk at the company level, you should be paid off for that risk. Mm -hmm. If you're a passive investor, you're trying to capture that risk premium. And you decide on your allocation as an investor based on your risk tolerance. So if I'm a passive investor, I set my risk tolerance, I gather a very diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds, for example, and I set it and forget it. Uh And it will grow over time with the market. So really, step one is figure out your risk profile accurately. 
And then you could do this yourself, you know, as a DIY investor. You could assemble a portfolio and then, as you say, set it and forget it. Uh, you can absolutely do it yourself. Oftentimes, doing it yourself gives you itchy fingers mm-hmm. and you will likely try to buy and sell based on market sentiment or maybe you think China is going to go up next year or the U.S. is going to go down next year. You will move your portfolio around based on that feeling and that those indicators. We prefer to take a much more passive approach. So that's what we call a tactical asset allocation. We prefer to take a much more passive strategic asset allocation where you are exposed to global markets regardless of sentiment and regardless of what the economic indicators are telling you because history has shown us that this method has a much higher probability of success. And as an investment advisor and one that cares about the future of your money, it is that long-term probability of success that we're targeting rather than short-term bursts of outperformance or which invariably will also lead to bursts of underperformance. Okay. So very briefly, so we've covered DIY. How would a digital financial advisor such as Endow Us help an investor make a passive investment strategy? So if, if someone's interested in a passive investment strategy, how would they use uh, a digital investment advisor to execute it? So using Endow Us as an example, there are others out there which use slightly more, we call, tactical approach. So they have their own model of second-time markets and claim to beat the market as a result. We try to stay away from that because we think it has a lower probability of success. So if you go to endowus.com, you can actually invest your CPF, SRS, and or cash in globally diversified portfolios at a risk tolerance suitable for you. So we will ask you some questions about your age, risk tolerance, annual income, and we will populate a portfolio for you of unit trusts. And I want to make a very quick explanation here on the unit trusts that we're using. Some of those unit trusts underlying have active strategies. So the allocation to stocks, bonds, emerging market stocks, emerging market bonds is passive. Mm-hmm. We don't touch that allocation. We don't move it around. Mm-hmm. For CPF investing, for example, we use the list of CPF-included funds, most of which are active funds. Mm-hmm. But we populate your strategic asset allocation, which is passive, with those funds. And what actually drives 90% of returns in an investment portfolio is that asset allocation mm-hmm. at a higher level. So it's very important that you set your strategic asset allocation properly and that that asset allocation is passive. You can fill in the pieces, so the individual unit trust or ETS that fulfill that passive strategic allocation with active components. Mm-hmm. And it should not matter as long as you are broadly diversified. Mm-hmm. Again, we would focus on lowering costs as the correlation between cost and returns. So the correlation between lower costs and returns is the most proven predictor of future fund return, as a report by Morningstar has shown us. So keep your costs in check, get your strategic 
passive asset allocation in order, and you can buy a portfolio of unit trusts that will have a high probability of success. All right. So that's active versus passive investing. We've been speaking with Gregory Van, CEO and founding partner of Digital Investment Advisor in Dow Us. That's a wrap for this episode of Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.